everybody, this is Bunkhouse Bob. And the lovely Mark. Live from the Armory Wrestling Show is heard worldwide Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. But this is an FNX.network plug, which means we're heard from Mobile, Alabama to Melbourne, Australia. Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time. Check us out on FNX.network. What do you say, Laura? From the Armory Wrestling Show, the premier podcast of indie wrestling. You're lying, Bob. I never said I don't want to do this interview. Those words yes, never came out of my mouth. You Trust are the, the biggest lying sack of crap ever. Our studio line is area code 213-816-1605. With your host, Bunkhouse Bob. Yes, Laura almost got lost in her home state of West Virginia, but she's with us tonight. How are you, Laura? And the lovely Laura. Foot is about to find your ass as a home state if you keep that shit up. everybody hope you're doing well tonight this is live from the armory wrestling show and my name is the bunkhouse bob and i'm the greatest wrestling mind of the 21st century folks this is episode 299 of the program and we thank you very much for tuning in tonight wherever you're listening at however you listen to the program as i have said each and every week for the last 299 episodes duh uh, we thank you very much for your support coming up tonight. Uh, very excited to have this young lady back on the program. She is the chief cook and bottle washer. She is the owner and promoter of Elevate Pro Wrestling. Coming out of Louisiana, one Miss Brittany Nicole returns to the show. Very excited. Last time we spoke to Brittany was in 2016, and a lot has changed, and we're going to have Brittany on the program Coming up here in just a little bit, but folks, uh, again, we would encourage you to go over to www.fnx.network. Make sure that you're supporting all the great content available on the network. And unlike other networks, it's free. You can just point and click. You don't have to do a subscription thing. Uh, something that isn't free, but is worth your time and your money and your investment. Make sure that you uh, go over to Facebook and type in positive pins. That's P-A-W-S positive pins and check out uh the great great stuff that's going on with positive pins uh one of our uh <laughs> one of one of our oh what's the word i'm looking for uh one of one of the things that has grown on our heart is penny and positive pins make sure that you go over and check out uh the stuff that's going on there and as always if you have a question, a comment, a critique, or a criticism about a guest or a commentary that you've heard on this program, you can email us at askthearmory at gmail.com. And before we get 
too knee deep into the weeds because there's a lot of stuff going on both within wrestling and going on in this show and going on in our personal lives. I'd like to welcome uh, my co-host, the lovely Laura. Laura, how are you tonight? I'm doing good, Bob. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. We say that every week. Everybody's like, why are these guys perpetually tired? And it's like before we went it on air, I told you. For a living, <laughs> That's right. This isn't this isn't paying the bills, folks. It doesn't pay the bills. That working for a living shtick, that shoot job, is not what it's cracked up to be. No, it's not, Bob. Golly, mm. man. If it's the lottery, we're all going to go to Disney World. You, you know, when that lottery, like when the Powerball got up to like that astronomical. I don't know what was it like eight hundred million or, or whatever yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah, yeah, some 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 incredible amount. I told my wife, I said, you know, I said if I hit that, if we were to hit that Powerball, you know what I would do? And she said, what? You know, she said, what what would you do? Would you would you do good works? Would you go around passing out hundred dollar tips? Would you, you know, donate to charity, a university? You know, what what would you do? And I said. Hell no, I would buy at my own island. I'd buy an island is what I would do. And I would build a castle on it. That's what I would do. If I had eight hundred million dollars, I'd buy a freaking island. I tell you. Although I would, I'd make a lot of people happy. You know, I'd give you some money. Yeah. I'd even give old George uh two sheds. That's a Monty Python reference, y'all. Some money. Um, Give John some money. She said said to me, why would you buy an island? I said, because you could only come in by boat or helicopter. I'd always know if somebody was coming. They couldn't sneak up on you. Get you a big gun in case they do sneak Mm. up on you. Shoot their ass. Absolutely. I don't know. It's crazy, but you know, uh, we haven't won the Powerball. We're still here, and we're still working, and all that other good stuff. You uh, won a basketball, let alone the Powerball. I don't think I've. <laughs> <laughs> I've never won a game of foosball, let alone the Powerball. Um, <laughs> oh, foosball! That's some good fun right there. I haven't played foosball in forever. Less I digress. Pinball. Pinball's another one. Um what's what's going on with you tonight? How you doing? You doing okay? Uh, you know, I'm tired. Uh it's just it's Wednesday, but I've had a long week. Um I would like to say thank you to everybody who had texted me and messaged me and said some nice things on Facebook, you know. Um, in case you didn't know, I take care of my elderly aunt. She was my mm-hmm. mom's twin sister. My mm-hmm. mom's been passed since 2007. And uh, she told me in December, my aunt, uh, that her vision had started to change. And so I made her an eye appointment. And mm-hmm. uh, about yesterday, when she told the eye or no, Monday rather, when she told the eye doctor her vision had been changing since about a year and a half ago. News to mm-hmm. me. Uh, mm-hmm. So. He has a um, condition called age-related wet macular degeneration. And there's 
two kinds of macular degeneration, wet and dry. Mm-hmm. The dry okay. is the kind that you want if you if you have it. Uh, unfortunately, mm-hmm. it is not the kind that she has. She has wet. And mm-hmm. the doctor told me it's a wonder she hadn't lost the vision in that eye. My aunt can only see well out of one eye because she's had an eye problem since she was five years old. She's not been mm-hmm. able to see out of the left eye. Right. Uh, or her right eye, sorry. Uh, anyway, long story short, it's a miracle that she's able to see anything out of that eye. Uh, she has to go back to the eye doctor every month to get an injection in her mm. eye. Mm. I, Stop, I over, Stop I the phone to... right there. Don't even, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I looked over at her, and they had that thing on her eye lid to prop it open like they do in a clockwork orange. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. And I looked away when they did it. I, I couldn't look at it. But, um, you know, she was a trooper. Um, so this is going to help her. Um, you know, it's, there's no cure, unfortunately, but this will help mm-hmm. slow down the progression of, uh, and, you know, one day she probably will, depending on how long she lives, uh, will lose, you know, eyesight in that eye. So that's what we're looking at right now, ladies and gentlemen. So I do appreciate see, everybody sending me good well, wishes. Well, see, and this, this is one of the things that attracted me to you, why we click so much, is that you're a tough broad. And you come from a long line of tough broads. Because you I already do. lost me. You already lost me when we were talking about propping open the eyelid and we're mentioning <laughs> a needle or a shot. Because, folks, I can tell you, there's a couple places that I can take a shot at and there's a couple places that you're not going to put a needle near, and my eyeball is one of them. So you know this lady's a tough cookie, and she's in my thoughts for sure. You know that. I, I, I do. I do appreciate that. So. Oh my um, gosh. And also, yeah, you know she um, she took it pretty well. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And um, you know we we went out. I just want to say this too, real quick. If you guys have not had the chicken sandwich from Popeyes. That's where I went and got lunch for us on Monday. It mm-hmm. is the truth. It is. It beats. <laughs> now, it's the truth of chicken sandwiches. Cha-ching. Thank you, Popeyes. Absolutely. <laughs> and also, too, I just want to ching Wendy. If you haven't had their breakfast yet, oh, my Hannah, you are missing out. See, now, there's... When there are certain Wendy's in certain markets that have been serving breakfast for a long time, and I just happen to know this because I know a guy that works for Wendy's, not like in the store, but works Wendy's higher up the chain, that right. said that mm-hmm. all Wendy's are going to switch now to serving breakfast. There's been oh, a few, wow. yeah, a few in select markets that have done it for years, and it just they never I, did it I nationwide. I don't know. Yeah. See how this goes, folks. We got chicken sandwiches. Shots in the eyes, Wendy's. <laughs> we we cover it all on our 299th episode. If you if you've tuned in and you have no idea of what we're talking about, this is how it's gone every week for the last six years. You never know what you're going to hear. So we do wrestling, but I did just want to say I, I highly oh, suggest, cool. I highly recommend it. But um, anyway. Um, yeah. It's just 
it's been a rough week, and I know you've been super busy too. So oh, you know, God. I, and I think the, you know, ending the show when we're doing it right now is is a really good thing for both of us because your life has changed with boy band, mm. you know, leaving you you and your wife are empty nesters now, and yes. um, uh, I've probably got a little bit of a long road ahead of me with my aunt and in this yes. condition now. Um, so, you know, I, I think it's, I think things come together and happen for a reason. And I think this is, you know, uh, a good thing us doing this, you know, right now, you know, as we're well, that, doing I'm going to, I'm going to sell off a lot of my memorabilia to George Coles is what I'm hoping to do. I'm hoping that my PayPal account's going to grow, but at any rate, uh, you want to go on and give out the, uh, the social media stuff and our Twitter Certainly. and all that other uh, junk and. Twitter poll. Uh, George on the take polls is manning the Twitter (laughs) tonight at Armory. You can also uh, follow myself, yourself, uh, George, and uh, our good friend uh, Dr. Google Pond at Circle Sky at Bob underscore Delph at and at the Gray Lobster, respectively. Um, you can also check us out on Facebook. We have an official page and a fan page there. You can uh, hear every episode for the last four years um, on YouTube. So, you know, after we're gone off the air, you can still uh, hear, you know, past shows on YouTube and Speaking of past shows, a little later uh, this evening, Bob and I have a treat for you as we have picked our favorite guest. Um, mm. And it was a hard thing for me to do, and I couldn't come up with it. <laughs> I'm laughing because the idea was is that we were supposed to come up with 10 each, and I think Laura came up with like 63. So Yeah, like that, like that. <laughs> um, couldn't do it. But anyway, um our our Twitter poll, George uh who can't beat J Lo on a poll called mm-hmm. um asked this musical question. Is the WWE overcomplicating the road to WrestleMania by having both super showdown and elimination chamber between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania? And overwhelmingly, the answer that you all gave is yes. Eighty-six mm-hmm. percent of you said yes, and fourteen yeah. said no. They get my vote for yes because all of this is bullshit. <laughs> Why is it bullshit? I'm so tired. You know, I read something from Trevor Murdoch this week, who mm-hmm. said. That when he and the guy he was tagging with, whose name I can't remember, you know, hadn't been on TV in forever, and they catch Vince and catering. So right. they sit down and say, hey, folks, what's going on? We haven't been on TV for a long time. And Vince takes a look at both of them and looks at um, Trevor's tag team partner. I don't like your black hair. Mm-hmm. And when and I don't like your pasty skin. So you yeah. know what they do? 
they Trevor goes out and gets a spray tan, and his tag partner dyes his hair blonde, and guess what? They're on TV the next week. Gotta love it. How effing lazy is that? You're going to – it just it makes me not even want to support the product. There's two reasons I'm supporting the product now. One is Edge. The other mm-hmm. one is Dolph Ziggler. Those are the mm-hmm. two reasons that I'm watching WWE right now. Um, because I think Randy Orton is given the best work of his career right now. I really okay. and truly do. Um, okay. he is, he's, why in the world any, they ever turned him babyface, I'll never understand. Because he is a wonderfully great heel. You hate him. You're supposed to hate him. Um, but I'm just, you know, I'm just really sick of product. And also, too, you know, giving, you know, selling the rights to the pay-per-views to ESPN. When they're going to charge you a monthly fee, and then they're going to charge you an exorbitant amount to, to watch a pay-per-view? No, thank you. I'll never watch another one. I'll never watch another one. Well, you know, we've had this conversation since the the Saudi deal came about, and um, you know, it's been covered from every angle possible. And you know, basically, you know, the Saudi deal, if we look at it, is nothing more than than a revenue stream, just like anything else is. But the Saudi deal happens to be a revenue stream that's really wide and pretty deep. Uh, it pumps a lot of money into the system, and um, you know, it, I think the timing of it is terrible uh, as far as coming in, you know, during WrestleMania season and the Elimination Chamber. And again, we've we've talked about this before with, you, you know, the big four pay-per-view. You know, you used to have the buildup from the Royal Rumble into into WrestleMania and that that's all gone. And, you know, it's like, um, you know, it's like trying to become invested in this Ricochet-Lesnar match. And everybody knows, everybody knows that Ricochet is not going to beat Brock Lesnar, just as everybody knows that Goldberg will not beat Bray Wyatt. Um, it is just, I, yeah, I... I don't understand it. I, I mean, I do and I don't. I understand the revenue stream. I just don't understand the timing of the event. Um, I maybe it is possible that the timing of the event is to get more buy rates into WrestleMania from overseas. That's quite possible. Get more subscribers onto the network. Uh, you know, the whole thing with you know the the service itself, the WWE subscription service, and then selling the pay per views and. Uh, the stocks have been down. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that are going on, and you know, it, it just it kind of it kind of takes me to something that I posted on social media this week. There are a lot of wrestlers that are under contract, and any veteran in the business will tell you that unless you're on TV, a contract is nothing more than a piece of paper and a check. That if you're a true performer, if performing is in your blood, TV time is the contract. And it's funny that you should. It's funny you should mention the Trevor Murdoch thing because you know I've watched the two episodes of the Ruthless Aggression series on WWE Network, which I do recommend. Uh, I haven't got a chance to watch the third one, but when Cena got called up from Ohio Valley and he got went in to meet Vince McMahon, 
and they said, you know, this is, they were going over what was going to be done. He looked at John Cena and they said, they looked at the agent. I can't remember who it was. I, I don't know if it was Michael Hayes or whoever. And he said, give this guy a haircut. And they ran out and they uh, had one of the stylists haircut. And then he went out on the TV with Kurt Angle for his debut. So, you know, the bottom dollar, the bottom line, the buck stops with Vince McMahon. If he doesn't like your hair color, doesn't like your hairstyle, doesn't like the wrestling attire that you're wearing, and he tells you, change it, you change it. And that's, you know, exactly what happened. You know, I highly recommend the Ruthless Aggression uh the Ruthless Aggression series that's on the WWE Network. There's a lot of stuff that's it's pretty cool in that, in just uh, where everything was at that particular point in time, and uh, there's there's some really good stuff on there. But yeah, I I don't I don't like um, I don't like the deal with the Super Showdown. I don't like the deal with the Elimination Chamber. I watched 15 minutes of Raw Monday night. I watched the opening segment, and then I was doing some work, and I glanced up to see. Is it the guy from the Street Profits in with Seth Rollins? Yeah. And everybody gave John Cena shit for five moves of doom, but all I saw this guy do was nothing more than drop kicks and, and, and clotheslines. He must have drop kicked Seth Rollins 20 times in that match. And he's got to have more than a drop kick and a clothesline, right? You think? I don't know. It just... uh. And I looked up at it, and I was just like, you know, he drop kicked him, and he, you know, he got up and drop kicked him again, and drop kicked him again, and then they drop kicked him on the outside, and I was like, oh my god, I lost count. It was like, it was like George Cole's super kick counter. You know, how many super kicks are we going to do in him? And this was the same thing. So how many, how many, how many drop kicks are we going to do in this match? But in any rate, I don't know. What did you, uh, what did you see this week? What caught your eye? Um. The Gymnasty Boys are going to be taking on uh, the Dark Order. And unfortunately, for the life of me, it's escaped me. But I just want to, uh, you know, congratulate them on uh, on that. Uh, Jake Manning also has been announcing uh, $5 wrestling uh, matches <laughs> at WrestleCon. Yes. It's been great stuff. And I think it's absolutely wonderful that these wrestlers are messaging Jake and saying, Hey, we want to be on five dollar wrestling and that to me speaks volumes about um how people love the product and love these wrestlers that you you and I both love as well, especially people like Big Donnie and Lil Donnie and Terry Houston and Freight Train and Jeff Hart. Jeff Hart's match has not been announced yet. Uh, it is going to be uh, Sammy Callahan versus Freight Train. It is yeah. going to be Joey oh, Ryan Lord. versus uh, Mr. Uh, Thunderbolt. Um, it's going to be Ethan Page and Hornswoggle versus Lil and Big Donnie. Uh, it's going to be a great it's going to be absolutely great. And I am, you know, absolutely ecstatic about these guys getting this kind of attention and, and being on that, this kind of a platform, um, you know, and wrestling the people that they are wrestling. So I'm, I'm absolutely, I can't wait. 
Yeah, that's that is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. It's one of the brighter spots to come out of some the WrestleCon announcements that I've seen so far. We talked about that before we before we yeah. came on air. Yeah. Yeah. What else? Uh, so, what else caught your attention? Anything else you see? I'm trying to think. Did I see anything else that really um, caught my attention? Um, you know, I, I'm just going to mention this because there's been a lot of speculation this afternoon. But um, our friend, you know, Brian Hawks has said, you know, uh, onward and upward. We, we don't know what that means, but at the same time, uh, AML Wrestling. Uh, advertised on Twitter for a new. Uh, they they were looking for a head booker and head writer, and as mm. far as we know, that is what Brian Hawks' position was in email. So mm-hmm. uh, we wish Brian all the best of luck. Absolutely. Uh, no matter what it is he's doing or going or whatever, um, so you know we shall see. You know. Yep, just have to keep our eye out on it. I'm sure something will come out before before too awful long. Uh, a couple of things that I saw this week. Uh, it was announced today that Lance Hoyt is now part of AEW, former show guest Lance Hoyt, or some people may remember him as Lance Archer. Had an incredible run last year during the G1 Climax Series for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Has been uh, tagged previously, has been a New Japan Pro Wrestling Tag Team Champion Uh was the United States champion in New Japan, if I remember that correctly. Um, right. Really, really good to see Lance get an opportunity at AEW. Uh, man for all seasons has been been through it all. Been to the WWE, uh, New Japan, worked throughout the independents. Uh, great to see him get an opportunity there. Uh, speaking of opportunities, another former show guest. See, see how this works? This is funny. I saw the latest episode of NWA Power, uh, which dropped last night. And uh, lo and behold, our good friend, former NWA world champion, Jax Dane, made uh, his presence known on NWA Power. Uh, Pretty excited to see how that all pans out, because if you have never met Jax Dane in person, uh, he is a mountain, a mountain of a man, uh, absolutely huge dude, uh, very intimidating, uh, great ring work, great ring presence, uh, your great presence overall can talk and do it all. So very excited to see what, uh, direction they take Jack's Dane with in the NWA. That should be pretty cool. Uh, did you see where, uh, Oh, one, uh, this almost slipped my mind. Today, former show guest Thunder Rosa, the current reigning, defending, undisputed women's NWA champion, announced that her shows in Japan had been postponed because of concerns over the coronavirus. Did you see that? I did not, Bob, but, you know, and I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I am really concerned about this whole coronavirus. Uh, You know, it's not like widespread over here, but, you know, I've heard reports from the seating seat that it's not it's not if it's when so yeah. hard to contain a a mass contagion of that size and spreading that quickly uh, we've done a pretty good job so far we being 
a country and the powers that be in taking as many preventative measures as possible. But I just found it interesting that, you know, I, I think, you know, I think they're trying to do like what, what China has done in the sense of um, trying to keep mass contact from people as limited as possible. I don't know how that's going to work in a city at, you know, of how many millions of people like Tokyo or, Nagasaki, Hiroshima, you know, all the other major towns. I don't know how that looks. And that's what they've done in China. You know, that might happen over here. You you might be quarantined in your home and not be able to leave, even to go to work, you know. And George Collins piped in and said New Japan has canceled shows from March 1st to the 15th over the coronavirus. So, um it's a big thing. It is a, big, a big thing. thing. But something that is also a big thing, and thankfully neither Laura nor I nor our guest have the coronavirus, um, we had first talked with Brittany Nicole back in 2016, had a great conversation with her, and it's been a minute since we've had a detailed talk with her. And we knew, or had a good feeling coming into this year, that she was one of the people that we wanted to revisit with before we wrap the show up uh, because of some things that have happened in her life, in her realm of professional wrestling. So I'd like to welcome back to the program. Very excited to have her on Miss Brittany, Nicole, Brittany, how are you? Hi, how are you? I've missed you guys. Doing well, doing well. Can't, can't complain for a Wednesday night. Uh, how is life today? Good. Uh, you know, I just did a little bit of work today. Nothing major. It, you know, Mardi Gras was yesterday, so yes. you know, it's a little, it's a little chaotic. So everybody's kind of hungover today, not doing anything. I didn't do anything, so I'm not hungover. So I'm I'm refreshed. But everybody else in the city is is dead right now. <laughs> it's <laughs> moving at a snail's pace. Yesterday was Fat Tuesday. Today is Ash Wednesday, and. Uh, the city's pretty much closed down because of not because of the holiday, but because of too much holidaying, I guess is a, yeah. that's a word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's that is exactly, I mean, stuff. businesses are closed. People are like, ah. I give up. Like even, even my <laughs> boss won't answer me today. So I'm just like, Oh, okay. That's how it's okay. <laughs> I, I see how this is going to work. I see how this is going to work. And uh, with me as always is the other co-host of the program, Laura, Laura, you want to say hello to Brittany? Hey, Brittany, it's great to have you back on. Oh, my goodness, I missed you guys. I'm so glad to be back on. Thank you. Hot dog. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Um, Like I had said at the top of the program and and when I introduced you, the last time we spoke at length was in 2016. You were still at Wildcat Sports, and I saw a post that you made that said that your contract – with them was up and that you were going to pursue other avenues. Uh, take us back to that decision and your end days at Wildcat. What was the deciding factor on leaving? What, what was on your mind? Uh, well, there was a lot of deciding factors to, to leaving. Um, but uh, it, uh, I guess being very, very uh, politically correct speaking is that they were moving in a different direction and I was moving in a different direction. So Mm -hmm. we just decided to part ways and, Mm -hmm. you know, no hard, no hard feelings on my end. Um, I I can't speak for them, but, uh, but I just decided to, to part ways and, and start pursuing something else and, and doing more because, 
you know, as, as much as it was great working for them and learning from them, and I will give them credit for getting me started in this business, you know, I will never take that away from them. It's that I wasn't able to travel as much or work as much because I wasn't able to do anything outside of them. Um, okay. And so I, I was very excited to be able to pursue working on my own and learning from other people and, and actually seeing, you know, the rest of the wrestling world as it is and learning from others. So that's kind of what I did is I just kind of became an uncontracted free agent and have been just working for myself. Is there an anxiety level associated with that, Brittany? You know, we talk a lot about, you know, well, if I could just, you know, if I moved on and did this or if I moved on and there's always that hesitation, was there an anxiety level for you or not so much? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I molded over quite a bit. You know, it wasn't a, a rash, you know, or it wasn't a, a brash decision where I did it at last minute. I, I very much so kept going back and forth and mulling it over. And it is a lot of anxiety when it comes to being your own boss and being your own marketer and, and pushing for people to hire you or to look at you or to book you or to even work with you. And it really is very, very anxiety ridden. Um, it's not easy. And there were times where I just wanted to give up for sure a hundred percent, even when I first, you know, started doing it on my own. Uh, but it's, you know, it's worth it, you know, but you've got to really, you have to really, really push yourself. Like you have to step outside of so many boxes. You have to be willing to take criticism. You have to will be willing to take rejection. You have to be willing to take so much rejection and then, you know, to get those few yeses that you do get, because you'll get so many more no's than you will get yeses. And it's, it's worked out very much. So, I mean, I mean, anything in, in working for a business or working as self-employed is going to be anxiety ridden. So yeah, that, that hasn't gone away. It's just changed from one feeling to the next, I guess. <laughs> right. Okay. No, that, 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 that's fair. That's reasonable. So we have a, a, a time span there from the time that you leave Wildcat until you come into the Elevate Pro picture. What were some of the things that you did in, in that, that time span there in that gap? Well, um, in between all of that, I was still actually, my contract wasn't up until the end of December, and I left them in September. And so I actually just had to sit and wait it out because I wasn't able to work for anybody until my contract was officially fully up, up. So Mm -hmm. I, I sat and waited until December. And then after that, I started working a little bit with Elevate Pro, doing ring announcing and interviews and stuff. But I also started pushing myself to go work for other companies and just kind of do more podcasts and more online things and honestly just practice, like just record myself and just stare at myself in a mirror and like start to practice more and more on my own. And then I started working for Elevate and that that's when I really started to be able to be more free and liberal with what I was doing and actually like create my own interviews and create my own little side vignettes and create how I was addressing the crowds during during events and during live events and everything. So, and, and change my announcing ways and all that kind of stuff. So that was really fun. And that, you know, again, a learning experience of like, how do I want to 
say certain things, do certain things. So it's, it's been great. It's, it's been really great. And then, you know, all the other extra things that have just happened recently. <laughs> right. Well, and we're going to jump into that in just a moment. How did you, how did you feel that you fit into the promotion and to elevate when you first arrived? How, how, how comfortable were you? I was very comfortable. You know, when I, it was really funny though, like coming in, you know, a lot of wrestling promotions that are in the same states and even especially the same kind of like very close vicinity to each other kind of have beef. They don't like to work with each other, yada, yada, yada. I'm trying to change that. Um, But it's, so when people saw me, they looked at me and knew where I came from. and And so I, there was a little bit of like heat. There was a little heat when it came to the fact that they knew where I came from. They knew who I was, you know, mm-hmm. but once they, once they started working with me, they realized that, you know, I'm just, I'm just a chick. I'm just a ring announcer. That's, that's it, you know? And so it, it was, it was nice. So they, they did pretty quickly. And there was actually a lot of people that I had worked with before that were working there. So, you know, we, you had uh, Corey Constantine working there. Amaya Jade was working there. Uh, Skippy, one of the referees who used to work for Wildcat, he was working there. Like there were a lot of people that that were already working there that I knew. So it was kind of like a, a little family reunion, um, as it were. <laughs> Lead me into how the ownership deal came into place. And I know that there are some people that are going to listen to this podcast. And they're going to want to know if you want to address, I'm just going to call it like it is, the elephant in the room, the Alex Cruz comments, if you feel so inclined. Take us into that. Tell me what that looks like. I will I will be more than happy to because I don't really like to speak on, on negative things, but I feel like that is something, again, it is the elephant in the room. It needs to be addressed. But how it how it came into being in the beginning was I actually didn't plan on owning the company. Um, I I didn't plan on having the company at all. It came into being like around September that things had started to kind of go awry, and we as a whole in the company um, were starting to run the company, and Alex was kind of aloof. He was going through some personal issues. I understand mm-hmm. everyone goes through personal issues. He was starting to go through personal issues. He was starting to do some things like that. And literally we were keeping the whole thing afloat, but we had no control of any of the booking, the money, anything like that. But we were still trying to promote the shows and get, get money for the shows and like keep the shows working. make sure the chairs were there, make sure the sound was good, make sure the the ring would be up to date, make sure that like the whole entire Elevate Pro crew, like all of the wrestlers and everything were were working their, you know, butts off to try to keep the shows looking professional up and going. And then Alex would walk in the day of the shows and be like, okay, yeah, everything's good. So, <laughs> so it was okay. a, lot of, a, a lot of things like that. And right. then we, we um, around, I'd say, in October, right before our shows, he started telling um, Mott Fleming, one of the wrestlers who had been with Elevate since day one, um, 
that he was going to sell the company. He was just tired of it. He didn't want to be, he, he just wanted to be a wrestler, which I understand. Being a promoter is really hard. It's very hard to be a promoter and especially to be a good promoter. And so I understand. So he was like, I'm going to sell the company. So Mott was like, well, don't sell it to just some random person. Let me try to buy it. So he was like, all right, I'll give you the first chance to buy it. Well, Mott, you know, he has a family. He has kids. This this isn't his, you know, he has a job. He has things to pay for. So he couldn't afford to just pay for it outright. And Mm -hmm. so he, he asked me if I wanted to come in and be a partner and, and own the company. And I was kind of like, uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what? Uh, but then I mauled, I mauled it over, and, you know, and I, I thought about it, and all I could think of was the fact that, one, if I didn't buy this company, it would go under, or it'd be sold to somebody who would just turn around and sell it or put it under because they don't want to deal with it. Um right. To there was there's a lot of the kids in the training school because there's a training school attached as well, and a lot of the kids in the training school are come from you know different backgrounds and different home sure. lives and stuff, and a, a lot of them don't come from the best home lives, and okay. this is kind of all they have to keep them inspired and going and keep them going to school and keep them pushing to better themselves. And I didn't want to disappoint them and destroy their hopes and dreams because somebody doesn't want to just run it anymore. You know, they've already, you know, their, their money has been taken already and he's just going to throw it, throw it away. So I didn't, I didn't want to do that. Um, So I I molded over and I was like, you know what? I want to do this. So bought the company, um, had a notary literally show up, at the show in October at our big civic center show and the notary notarized everything right then and there at the show. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So then the company, you know, it's, it's owned by me and Mott Fleming. Um, and it made me become the first female in the state of Louisiana to own a wrestling promotion and um, the license. Thank you. The license for the company is under my name. Like, you know, it's pretty much all kind of under my name. So if it, if it falls, uh, sorry, <laughs> but, uh, uh, but, uh, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, it's really exciting, but you know, and, and we didn't push Alex out, you know, it was one of those things of like the, the whole stipulation was that he wanted to just be a wrestler. So we were like, cool if you want to come back and just wrestle for our company, you are more than welcome to come wrestle for our company. And after we, after he sold the, after he sold the company, he, he said that he was going to take some time off. He was like, I just need to clear my head. I need to take time off because he was going through a lot of personal stuff again. And so we were like, that's totally fine. And then he just got mad and I don't exactly necessarily know what he got mad about, um, but then he went to that other show and made the comments that he made um, about me and other people, but not about any, not about Mott though, but, but definitely about me. Um, right. So that's uh, that was that was strange, and that that hurt.
hurt that other promotion as well because, you know, that was their very first show ever hmm. running as their, their own promotion. And to have that happen, it it was it was it was shocking. And also, you know, there were Elevate Pro wrestlers wrestling on that show because I again I don't like the fact that the promotions hate each other. They fight each other that are that, that are in and this happens in every state where like, you know, in different cities like there's more than one promotion and they don't like each other and blah blah blah. But I'm trying so hard to make it so that promotions are working with each other, you know, because the more we work together, the more fans we're going to create and the more, you know, shows we're going to sell out and the more every, you know, more people get to wrestle. Like it's, it's just a win-win. I just don't get it. Why people fight with each other about it, you know? So I I don't don't understand either. Maybe I don't understand either. Maybe that's, Maybe that's me. I don't know. I, I guess I guess it's just like, you know, I'm not very I'm not the whole like kumbaya like we gotta hold hands type of thing, but I just don't think that we should we should be you know, we should be right. at each other's throats. You right. know, I just don't think we should be at each other's throats. And um so you know, when this wrestling promotion decided to run a show, some of the wrestlers from Elevate got asked to work the show and I said go, go work the show. Like as long as they are treating you with respect, they're paying you and you're safe. You are more than welcome to work any show. You know, that's not, you know, I just ask that they treat you with respect and that they pay you. Like, that's it. That's all, right. that's all you, sh- that's all, you know. And then that happened. Right. And I was like, and, ooh. And- and for and for listeners and that don't know, Alex basically gets on the microphone, goes into business for himself, you know, says that he was forced out of the company, has disparaging remarks about you and some others. Are there any any ill feelings now today, Brittany, looking over this in a snapshot as a whole? Oh, yeah. I mean, it really, you know, he I think the most thing that's shocking is the fact that this was a family friendly show. And apparently he used the F word a lot. And um, and he ended up giving me a new nickname, calling me Glitter Tits. And um, doing all, you know, saying all this stuff, like, in front of the children. Now, right. I will say I know, that the, I know that the promoters didn't know this was going to happen because they would have not let it happen. And um, they did call and apologize to my business partner, Mott Fleming. However, they still have not called and apologized to me, um, which is weird. But they called Mott and apologized to Mott. <laughs> um, so there's oh. that. I'll take that as a half. Of, I'll take that as a half apology. Um, okay. But uh, but yeah. So I mean, it. Yeah, it's it's again. If I I just I I feel like there's just something going on with him personally. You know, yeah. I'm. I'm I'm moving on with it. You know, it's not, if anything, like, you know, it just shows who he is and, you know, it it just shows his true colors, you know. It's just, Absolutely. it's a sad thing because, you know, we started together in Wildcat. Alex was in Wildcat, you know, we yeah. started together. And so it, it was a very, it was a very sad thing. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was pretty upset about it. And, uh, you know, I just kind of had to take it with stride and be like, "All right, this is this is what it's like being a promoter. Like, yeah, put your big girl panties on, and uh, and you know, buckle up, because that's that's what it's like." You know. 
Yeah, no, I, I get it. I get it. You mentioned, you know, with that that purchase, that ownership, that you are the only female owner in Louisiana of a professional wrestling company, and only one of a handful across the United States. Is that realization set in, and the burden of responsibility? Did do you feel a sense of a, a burden in that? I, I do feel responsibility. I wouldn't call it a burden, but I would call it a definitely a, a responsibility and a sacrifice to to kind of like everyone's always watching you as a promoter regardless because we all know about the really bad promoters, you know, and give you a hot dog and a handshake kind of thing. Um, but to be a good promoter is, is one thing, but to be a good female promoter in such a heavily saturated male-based sport entertainment mm-hmm. industry, whatever you want to right. call it, um, is is even more staggering because you have to be on all of your P's and Q's and you have to outdo even the best male just to show that you can kind of run with the boys. And so it, it is, and I'm, I really want to push, especially in Louisiana, because it's so hard there's not a lot of female wrestlers in Louisiana and it's, you see maybe, maybe one female match per show in in Louisiana. Maybe. And yeah, yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe, maybe. (laughs) Um, And I really want to push to have more female matches in shows. I really want to push to showcase more female talent. I really want to push to showcase the LGBT community and the trans community and, and push to show those wrestlers as well, because the South doesn't really have them a lot. Um, The South doesn't take too kindly to some people. Sometimes, you know, they're a little backwards sometimes. And so I really want to push to show that everyone's equal and that everyone is just as talented regardless of gender or race or sexuality or anything like that. Like it's, it's all, it's all doesn't matter once you step into that ring. And it it just, it's something that the South really needs. And I'm really excited to bring it to them. We have before an elevate, you know, we've had, we've had amazing wrestlers like Effie um, at our shows. And we've been working with a company down here called Chokehole that is an all drag queen um, company that does like mm-hmm. simulated simulated wrestling, but it's a it's a drag show. But mm-hmm. they uh, they but some of them have actually decided they want to become wrestlers, so they've actually been coming to the training facility and training to do actual wrestling, and so that way that they know how to do things safely and like be more involved into the actual wrestling community. So it's been it's been really cool. It's it's been really fun and it's yeah, it's 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 a task and it's definitely a responsibility, but I'm I'm doing it. I'm up for it. Like I'm ready to fight. <laughs> and we're and we're going to get more in depth into that too because I I know that Laura has some stuff with that and I I do too. I have a couple of points that you just brought up. But I wanted to to shift gears for just a moment because I think it's important for people to know this on this side of things. At the uh, at the from ashes from the ashes event, the, your first show being you underneath the new ownership, that show brought in over mm-hmm. 400 people in attendance. What yep. did that first What did that first event 
as the owner teach you about yourself? Oh, it was, oh, it was mind blowing. It was amazing. It, it taught me that I can do it uh, and I can't, but I can't do it without everybody that is behind me. Like I couldn't do it without Mott Fleming being, being my co-owner with me. I couldn't do it without Ben uh, helping run the matches, do the times, book the matches you know, help with the students in learning their spots when they're doing, like, we were doing some student showcasing spots there that they went really, really well. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't do it without our, our video crew, and, which is based this guy named Wayne. Wayne does all the video stuff. I And I couldn't do it without the actual students and the workers of Elevate Pro. Like, they all helped. Like, I had this idea because I wanted to – have us have a color like you know companies have like an iconic color and I'm a lot of companies are just black and white now with color or silver or something like that and I was like no I want to I want to stand out and so I was trying to think of colors that we could be and then I was like you know what we represent Louisiana we represent New Orleans Chalmette all that kind of stuff I was like why don't we just do Mardi Gras colors purple green and gold I was like why don't we do Mardi Gras colors like why doesn't that be our colors and so I bought some ring rope and I had them wrap the ring ropes in purple, green, and gold. And that was something that everybody in the audience was just in shock and loved so much. They're like, it's so vivid. It's so bright. They're like, it's so amazing and eye-catching. And I was right. like, oh, good. I did something right. And, but, the, <laughs> you know, I was, right. like, I was like, that's, if, that's, if that's all I get, good. Good job. Good job, me. You made good colors for the ring rope. <laughs> um, right. I'm out. Bye guys. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah. And uh, so it, it was really, it was really exciting. And um, it, it was over 400 people and that is the most that's ever been packed into that little gym for any of the elevate pro shows. And it was like standing room, like into the back and the Versailles Booster Club, they do the concessions and like we have them, all the proceeds of the concessions go to them. And they were shocked at the amount of money they made on concessions to go to their booster club. So we were happy with the fact that we were able to give that to their charity. And we were able to like, that's the what I love is being a promoter is that everyone that night got paid. Everyone. I even paid the students. Like everyone got paid. Like and nothing came right. out of my pocket. Like that's, that's you know, that's, like, that's a huge plus right there. That that now you yeah. now you're above the curve. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone got paid, including the students, including everybody who helped, all the way down to to whoever you know picked up the chairs, all the way up to the people running the whole entire show. Like everyone got paid, you know, include you know, and nothing came out of my pocket or or Mott's pocket. Like like we did it, you know. Awesome. So that was, yeah, awesome. it was amazing. And it, yeah, it, it was, it was so good. And I, it was all about promotion. You know, it's just, you got to promote yourself. You got to promote the shows. You got to promote everything. And that was something that was lacking before. And so I've been really gun ho. And luckily the team too has been really gun ho about like, oh yeah, this, and now that they've seen that it works, they're more right. inclined to do it now, you know? Makes sense. Makes absolute perfect sense. Laura, go ahead. Yes, ma'am. I would like to know, um, have you got any more sunglasses, any more cool sunglasses? Because I really, 
you and I had a conversation about sunglasses yes. the last time you were on. Girl, I have so many sunglasses. So here's the thing is that my sunglasses have now constantly been stolen by oh. our CEO, by our CEO, Benjamin J. Wood, because he wears them to the ring now as his own flashy sunglasses. Uh, so, so now my sunglasses have been, been like confiscated and now are his, uh, but I have no a bunch please. of them. I have, I always, I always buy extras, but I also have been doing, because I do a lot of rhinestoning work. And so I've been taking a lot of like plain sunglasses and just rhinestoning them out on my yeah. own. So, yeah. Ooh, I like that idea. Yeah. That is a great idea. I might have to actually uh, start doing that myself. Oh yeah. Thank it's you. my favorite thing. Like that's the other thing I do is like rhinestoning. So I've been rhinestoning a couple wrestlers ring gear and that's what I've been getting into more is like actually rhinestoning and blinging out people's ring gear and like costumes and stuff like that. So. How, how wonderful is that? Everybody needs bling in their life. Yes, exactly. I'm always like, I'm always like, you should let me sparkle that. Just let me put some, just let me put some rhinestones on that. I promise you it's going to look so good. <laughs> that's going to be my new phrase. You should let me sparkle that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yes. I, I like that a lot. You should let me sparkle that. Bob, you should let me yeah. sparkle that. Can you see me in a rhinestone <laughs> jumpsuit and a pair of sunglasses with rhinestones on them? Yes. I'm, I'm yes. Good sport. <laughs> Awesome. I would buy a front row seat to that. <laughs> and, so, oh, God, you'd be the only one. <laughs> we'll dress you up like the rhinestone cowboy at WrestleCade, and we will oh sell photo and autograph box. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We'll be oh, in the yeah. money in no time. No time, yeah. We'll be into something, but I don't know if it'll be money. <laughs> so, Brittany, we're going to switch gears a little uh, here now. And you know, I've I've been keeping up with you and the happenings of what's been going on. Um, I was just curious, you know, as a woman in wrestling, did you feel it was necessary to buy in as you have so that your voice could be heard? I would say yes. Um, I honestly don't think in this, I'm not this company, but I would not, I would say that not in this kind of area. I, especially since I'm not, I'm not a wrestler, you know, I'm not, I'm not a worker. I'm not traveling around doing wrestling and it's actually harder to get booked as an announcer, an interviewer, a host, a commentator, for other independent wrestling companies because they don't necessarily want to spend money on that. You know, if they can spend money right. like that, they should, they should just, they, they why would they spend it on you when they can spend it on another wrestler or better yet, not spend it at all and just hire, you know, Chad down the street who has a suit and hand him a microphone and tell him to announce names, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's one of those things of like, Referees, announcers, interviewers, commentators are not always necessarily people who actually do it 
for a living when it or comes when. to the independent promotions. You know, they, they find people that are just like their friend or, hey, my cousin can has a striped suit. He can ref. You know, like he has, he has, you know, like he has, he, he, he can do it. You know, it, you know, I can count to three. Yeah. He can count to three. He's good. Just give yeah. him, give him a shirt. So yeah. it's one of those things that it's, it is, it's tough. So I found it, I found it that I wasn't necessarily thinking in, in that retrospect, but once I started mulling over the, the idea of owning the company and what all that entails of me owning the company, I get to make decisions is that it furthered me into being like, well, now my voice is going to be heard. Now all these things that I've seen going wrong and all these things that I don't like about the wrestling business right now, I'm like, I can change, you know, I can change all of this, you know, and it might not be, drastic it might not be like huge it might be minute little things like paying everyone you know that kind of thing but it's it's you know it it's something that I really thought slowly trickle down things better you know for everyone so I'm really happy that I did it but yeah I I did it basically also because I was like no I want to change some things and no one's going to change them unless they're in charge and so I got to be in charge You know, uh, Rome wasn't built in a day, so, you know, baby steps. I think paying everyone is actually not even a baby step. I think that's a huge step, Uh, especially, you know, like you said, a lot of people are getting a hot dog and a handshake, and some people are just getting the handshake. Uh, (laughs) Right. can't afford the hot dog. (laughs) (laughs) And we'll just give you a handshake. You know, it's exposure. You know, you got great exposure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I commend you for, for doing that because I've been, you know, hanging out with wrestlers who, you know, drove thirty miles and you know ended up getting five bucks. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what? Uh, so yeah, I commend you on that, and I, I'm sure that uh, you know workers also commend you on that as well. Um, I know that you talked a little bit about Mardi Gras, and I was going to ask you how your Mardi Gras was, and it doesn't seem doesn't sound like you did a whole lot. I um, have never been. I've been to New Orleans one time, but it was like three weeks after Mardi Gras, and people were still partying <laughs> like it was Mardi Gras. Um, <laughs> yes. It was, I'm, seriously, it, the place was lit, just like it was oh. on, on Mardi Gras. I'm seriously, you know. And I would love to go one day. Hey, I've been to Mardi Gras. I mean, it's an amazing adventure, Mardi Gras is. The reason, like, I've lived in New Orleans for 12 years now, so I'm a little Mardi Gras out. Um, But it's one of those things of, like, you know, people do love Mardi Gras. I also, my... My day job is that I work for a production company, and I'm the booker. Uh, weirdly enough, uh, so I'm the booker, and so I book all the I book all the talents. So I book like the stilt walkers and like revelers and the brass bands and stuff for all of these like corporate events and weddings and parades and all this kind of stuff. So every day of my life is Mardi Gras um, because <laughs> conventions come in, conventions come into town and think that it's sure. Mardi Gras all year round. They don't right. realize New Orleans doesn't doesn't isn't always Mardi Gras. So like 
you know, it could be a con- it could be a convention in August, and it'll they'll be like, throw us some beads, and I'm like, oh okay, let me go dig out some beads from last Mardi Gras, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> um, you know, it's so so every day of my life is Mardi Gras when it comes to that. So I'm Mardi Gras out. But it is magical. It's fun. The costumes are amazing. So many people work year-round on just their Mardi Gras Day costume. And so it's amazing to see all of that kind of stuff come together, the creativity of the city. Um, and the city shuts down, and it's just one big, like, walking place. Don't You can't drive anywhere. All the streets are, like, blocked off. Like, if you try to drive, like – Bless you. I don't know what 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 kind of masochist you are. I don't I don't know what kind of things you're into, but uh, but that's not it. That is not it. And um, you know, it's fun. Like I I went out walking, you know, yesterday to see costumes like that, and then I was like, okay, that was fun. Time to go home. But everybody else stays out and drinks and parties from like 5 a.m. because the first parade on Mardi Gras Day rolls at 8 a.m. It's Zulu, and that rolls at 8 a.m. So you're out from 8 a.m. to like midnight, and uh, and then you sleep. And then Ash Wednesday, you go and uh, repent for everything, I guess. But you know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Lord. Wow. You know, I'd seen a thing on Facebook where you were—I think it was you—that was, you know, looking for stilt walkers, and I'm like, what? But yeah, it, you know, your, your job is like life, you know, imitating art and vice versa, yeah. you know, you, you do kind of both things, you know, the same thing kind of on both uh, ends of the spectrum there. Um, my last oh yeah, it's is, hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like a fun job. And I can understand, you know, I had a friend that lived in New York City, and I was like, gosh, I really want to come up for New Year's Eve. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And he, Because he'd been up there for a long time, and he was, you know, he's like, it's not really all that what it's cracked up to be. It looks a lot better on TV. But he's been there several times, and it just, you know, he was just kind of partied out from that. And I can, I can totally understand it if you're in that Every year, I imagine, you know, for someone like me, it's the novelty of going down and, you know, well, in the Mardi Gras, but you, you're right in the thick of it, you know, every year. Yeah, exactly. And I always, I want to say that if anybody is looking for uh, the Mardi Gras tickets, I'll have some on sale for $1,000 for two of them if they want, if they uh, want tickets, if they want, if they want tickets to the Mardi Gras. To the Mardi Gras. People people do ask for those, though. People legit will come up to you, like tourists will be like, how do I get tickets for Mardi Gras? And I'm just like, I mean, yeah, I can give you tickets to Mardi Gras, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Awesome. Well, my last question for you is, you know, as a member of the LGBTQ community, how important is it? for Nyla Rose becoming the AEW Women's Champ? It's very important. And, you know, I think it is well-timed. It's one of those things of when Nyla first came into AEW and when they were having the first championship match, um, 
and Riho won it. People were like, why didn't Nyla win it? And I think it's because you couldn't give her the title right away for the sheer fact that I think it would have caused more of an outrage because people are still kind of, you know, confused or upset or, or, or just, you know, I, I, I just don't, I don't know. Like even, even JR is still a little like, like confused. Like when Nyla won the title, he was like, she's the king of the mountain. I was like, Oh dear. Okay. I was like, okay. Um, you know, and it's, and it's, but it is, it's one of those things that it's a whole new learning, you know, process for people. We've been so told for so many years, there are two genders and you can identify them by how, how the person looks or, or what's between their legs. You can identify them. And there's, more than one gender or more than two genders and there's there's more than you know meets the eye when it comes to people so it's one of those things of it's a learning learning like process you know you can't get mad at somebody for constantly not understanding that they them is a gender just like he she is a gender you know it, it's one of those things of you just got to take patience in learning now if somebody willingly is just not going to call you what you identify as that's just somebody who is you know rude but i mean it it is a learning learning curve for people and so i can't get mad at people for being confused and just being like well i don't understand because it's like well here just try to understand and so i like teaching people and educating people you know and i've you know a lot of people down here have been educated i i will say i love all of our fans so much because when we first brought Effie down, you know, Effie is openly gay and he wears a fishnets to the ring. And again, to me, in my mind, that means nothing. Um, but to our audience in like these little places in Louisiana, they were so confused about a man wearing fishnets and they couldn't understand. They, they didn't even ask if he's gay. They were asking if he was a transvestite. And I was like, no, he's not, no, no, he's a, he's a guy. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the first time we brought him, it was a little strange. There was some tension in the, in the audience. The audience didn't quite know how to take him, but once he wrestled, they were blown away and mm-hmm. he was willing to come back and wrestle again. And the next time he came back and wrestled, there were people who had signs for him. There were people chanting his name. There were people, like, just going and buying his merch. And there was actually several people from the LGBTQ community that had come to the show just to thank him for being there and representing, you know. And it, it, was, it was wonderful. So it's one of those things of, like, seeing that kind of, you know, evolution and seeing that kind of change in people's mindsets is what – that's all about, you know, is, is pushing that kind of thing, you know, and I, you know, I'm bisexual. So it's one of those things of coming out and, and saying that to people is still so strange to me because it's something that I don't necessarily run around and tell everyone, you know, and so, but it's to be somebody in a place of power and ownership for a company, I feel like it's very, not only to be a woman, but to be somebody who's part of the LGBTQ community to showcase everything that I possibly am 
into a comp into a, a, a community and into a performance art and into a sport that is highly, you know, masked in like, oh, it's just male wrestling, you know, like, you know, it's, that's not it. That's a, like, that's, that's not even close to it, you know? And even the, a lot of the male wrestlers will be like, even the male wrestlers will be like, no, we've got, we've got everybody. Like, it's not just guys. We got, we got a lot of people, like, we got all different, not just, not just us. So, you know, it's, you know, and for the casual wrestling fan, they still think of like the Hulk Hogan era and stuff like that. So when you say wrestling and people are like, wait, like, like Hulk Hogan? And it's like, well, it's changed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. Just a little. Uh, just just a little bit. There's still a lot bit. of spandex. Just a little yeah. bit. There's still, a yeah. lot of, there's still a lot of neon. There's a lot more neon, I feel like. I feel like neon's making a comeback. Good. I love it, though. It, it could. It could. Um, you know, I've lived in Louisiana for 10 years now, and don't feel bad, Laura. I've never been to Mardi Gras because I've been to Bourbon Street in August, and you ain't missing anything. I've seen everything I wanted to see on Bourbon Street, except maybe the costume. Right, yes. No, no. That's the thing is Bourbon Street, that's not where anybody who has good costumes goes because they know about <laughs> Bourbon Street. So let's no good costumes are on Bourbon Street. You mean guy, guy spray painted gold, Brittany standing there like a statue isn't a costume? Oh Lord! I mean, you know, it's it's, it's toxic if it's anything. I mean, it's, yeah. oh, it's very uh, toxic. Yeah, and I think you were huffing some of that paint that you were spraying, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, you, <laughs> you know, you were talking about it, and I've been I've been trying to think of the correct wording or how I want to present this. You know, we've talked about the diversity in wrestling, and I'm familiar with the New Orleans area, Chalmette, and all that. And I live way north of the I-10 corridor. You know, I live four hours north. I'm right in the the heart of North Louisiana. And yeah, you know, you were You're talking about You're close to about, like Shreveport and stuff, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm about an hour mm-hmm. and a half away from Shreveport. Um, I'm trying to think of how I want to present this. Do you feel being where you're at that certain markets, the market like where you're in with New Orleans, where you have more diversity is going to be more openly receptive to wrestlers coming in like Effie than say opposed to the area that I live in? Because I've been to a couple of shows up here. There's a couple of local promotions that run this, this loop up here. And I can tell you from being there, and I'm not going to name the promotion. It's not important that that kayfabe is very much, very much still a real deal. It's still real to me, damn it. And I don't know how well a person that is gay or bisexual or whatever, how well that would go over in my particular area. Do you feel? Do you feel that when you're looking at, at maybe running in a different area or a different town, is there a balancing act? I guess is what I'm trying to boil this down to. Yes, and there there is a balancing act, um, but I'm also kind of a, a devil's advocate in the way of a balancing act. Like in New Orleans, in New Orleans, I could do anything, and honestly, it's not going to shock anyone because they've seen it right. already, probably upside Absolutely. down and backwards and covered in whipped cream. So I mean, it's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, you know. 
so so New Orleans is not uh, there. There's nothing out there, and it's not. I'm try. I'm not trying to give shock value. That's not what I'm trying to right. do. I'm trying to just kind of spread the the talent of because there is so many talented wrestlers, and I don't care what you are. I don't care right. what right. who you love. I don't. And if you're a good wrestler and you've got a good gimmick and like you're entertaining, that's what I want. That's what I want to see. And you know, if your entertainment gimmick just so happens to be also the fact that you are openly gay or that you know you're trans or that you're very flamboyant, like if that adds to your character, then great. Like. Right. You know, and it's it's one of those things of like I I really do enjoy that. And so Chalmette was something, you know, it's close to New Orleans. It's literally like a 5-minute drive for me. I live in the Bywater, which is close to the French Quarter, but it's like 5 minutes over a bridge. So it's not far. So they they're more New Orleans style people as well. And mm-hmm. so they t- they take they take to it very well. When we first brought Effie in, it was in this place called Cecilia, which is right outside of Lafayette. And that, again, is a very, you know, southern Louisiana kind of town. You know, they, are, they don't see those kind of things. So that was, that was the place that was kind of blown away. Like, what? Is, I don't understand. I don't get it. Who, like, oh, this is vulgar. This is, this is yeah. not, you know. And, right. And, but then we, we brought him back to that same area. And they loved it. So that was, you know, a win in my book of like people changing their mindset and realizing that a wrestler is a wrestler regardless, you know, and that a person is a person, you know, I, I applaud you for it. I can just hear the crowd. What the F is this, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah okay. And that's, and that's, that's the thing. <laughs> Oh, look at you and your puns. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, 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 I totally get it. I, I, and, and it is. And I, you know, I want to push that envelope. And that, that's the thing is, like, if we did run anywhere, you know, we're, we're doing a joint show in March with, and March 21st with SWA in Mississippi in Bay St. Louis. And this will be our first run. And again, it's a traditional wrestling show. But. Mm-hmm. I'm all I'm always trying to like edge something in there that's probably something they haven't seen before. And so I'm always just kind of like, "Hey, let's try this." You know? And so like I'm just kind of I always I always try to push something, you know, that that is something more eye-opening, more intriguing, more entertaining, you know? I'm not trying to do anything that's shock value, but I'm also trying right. to show them that it, anyone who's talented can be, you know, and I'm trying to show them more female matches too, because again, like I said, like women don't, and I want to show them intergender matches, you know, that's a big controversy around here in Mississippi area is intergender matches. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I want to push that as well, you know, having male and female wrestlers wrestle each other, you know, and I want to have, you know, all different types. So, you know, it's, you know, I don't know. I guess I'm a, I guess I'm an anarchist. Is that what it is? Is that what I would be? I don't know. <laughs> Some, something like that. Something like that. And, you know, it, it's funny that you mentioned it just because, you know, when you talk about wrestling, people say, oh, you mean like Hulk Hogan wrestling? It's, it's not that far of a stretch, folks. If you are having an issue believing that an openly gay person can wrestle and you're not buying into it, I think back to the time in the then WWF when we were buying into 
Duke the Dumpster Drossy guy that was a garbage man that could actually wrestle, or a guy like the <laughs> Repo Man that was dressed like the Riddler that went around stealing people's belts looked, and stuff. But he looked yeah, like I, the Hamburglar. Yeah, I was going to yeah a cross between the Riddler and the Hamburglar. If you bought into that, then well, you know that's how it goes. You mentioned yeah. this show, this co, this joint show. With SWA, you know, I find it compelling on a couple of different levels. Uh, tell us how the event idea came about to work with a, another promotion, especially in another state, and what can fans expect that night, Brittany? Well, this was a thing, again, like, we as Elevate Pro, I, again, I'm tired of companies fighting with each other. I'm tired of companies at each other's throats for no reason. We're all in the wrestling business. We try to make it so that we don't run on the same days as each other. We try to make it so that we're at least like a week apart, if not more. We don't wrestle in the same like building, you know, we try to make it, you know, at least a little civil. And I don't understand why we can't make it even more civil. And so actually Ben, he reached out to Steve Starr from SWA and was you know because SWA actually uses a lot of Elevate Pro talent and we wanted to use some of the SWA talent at our last show the, from the ashes and so we kind of formed this friendship and so we were all messaging back and forth and talking and mm-hmm. they came and worked our our show some of our wrestlers went and worked their show and eventually Steve was like well we want to do a show in Bay St. Louis about an hour away from us and it's about an hour and a half away from him so it's like right in the middle and he was like do you want to do a joint show so we literally met we drove to mississippi or like halfway in between we met in the middle and we sat down at a coffee shop and we all talked about like you know they do three matches we do three matches you know and we split everything down the middle and you know so it's 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 worked out great, you know, so far. I mean, the show hasn't happened yet, but I'm sure it's going to be great. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, Right. Pretty simple concept. uh, So, I mean, yeah, right. And we haven't want, like, you know, Steve was very, you know, very, you know, fair, like, you know, he's like, I don't know which, which ring, which ring do you want to use? We decided that it was more convenient for us to bring our ring up. So we're, we're transporting our ring. And he was like, you know, okay, you guys going to transport your ring. Well, then I'll pay that kind of amount of pay. I'll pay in promotion. So he bought flyers and stuff like that. So like, you know, it, it was one of those things of like, it was this nice give and take, you know, what a, what a concept for adults. Um, but, uh, but we, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about it and it's going to be a really good show. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm stoked about, you know, everything that we have up and coming, because if this show goes well, then we will do further things with SWA and, you know, hopefully like they can come down to our territory. We can go up to their territory, blah, 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 you know, but it, you know, it's nice to just start a joint show, you know, and work with people that you wouldn't even fathom working with because, you know, you're supposed to not like each other for some weird reason that was told to you eons ago, just because, you know, you know, the territory, like, I'm sorry, the territory days are dead. They are, they're dead. Territory days are dead. Let's just all work together and, and make a good show and make some money and make everyone happy. Like, let's just, let's just do that. (laughs) 
<laughs> pretty simple. Do that. Pretty simple yeah. recipe, really, folks. It's not. It's not hard. That event is on Saturday, March twenty first, at the Bay High School Correct. gym in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. Elevate Pro and SWA. Brittany, for fans that want to find out more about Elevate Pro, all the way from the promotion to merchandise and all that, how can they do that? Uh, you can go to elevatepro.com. That's we have everything on there. There's tickets for the March 21st show. We just launched tickets for our April 25th show that we're having in Chalmette, Louisiana. Um, I'm going to be out this weekend. Um, Saturday, I'm going to be in Texas, in Texas City, working for Title Match and Reality of Wrestling is doing their Ladies Night Out 9, and I'm going to be a guest commentator um, cool. on the commentary team. So so I'll be working with Reality of Wrestling and Title Match um, Network. They'll be streaming it as well, so you can catch the streams and all that stuff. So I'll be there in Texas. And, yeah, ElevatePro.com is where you can find all that, and then you'll be able to – you know, find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. It's all just under Elevate Pro. Tried to make it, tried to make it as simple as possible. <laughs> Very cool. For uh, fans that want to connect with you personally on social media, Brittany, how can they do that? Everything is under Look It's Brittany. So it's L-O-O-K-I-T-S-B-R-I-T-T-A-N-I. Um, because, you know, I had to have a weird spelling of my name. Thanks, Mom. Um, so... <laughs> So, yeah, so look, it's, look, it's Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of that. And also my website is literally lookitsbrittany.com. So, again, I, li- cool. I like to keep it nice and streamlined, nice and simple. You can just elevatepro.com, elevatepro for all social media, lookitsbrittany.com, lookitsbrittany for all social media. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Brittany, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be with us tonight. We want to of say a huge, congrats, huge congratulations to you uh, with Elevate Pro and certainly wish you nothing but the success that you've worked towards coming up with Elevate Pro and whatever you do. You know that. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. And I'm so like, I'm so sad that you guys are ending this, but I'm like so happy that I was able to come back on and like, it's a nice little full circle since you guys have been with me from the beginning, you know? Yeah, ab- Absolutely, we appreciate we appreciate that. It's been uh, been a pretty good run. We've had a good run at it. Yeah, been cool. <laughs> been cool. Brittany, again, thank you so much, and uh, you have a wonderful, wonderful evening. Okay. Thank you, guys. You have a good night. All right, we'll talk you to like? you soon. Bye. Bye. There goes Brittany Nicole, and we'll be back after this brief message. Hey, everybody, Monkhouse Bob and the lovely Laura. Folks, we've been telling you for the last five years. Five years, five years, five years, five years. All the different ways that you can listen to live from the Armory Wrestling Show. You can hear us on www.fnx.network. You can hear us on Blog Talk Radio, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, blah, 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 blah. The most important thing is, do you listen? Every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, live from the Armory Wrestling Show. Don't miss it. Great having uh, Brittany on the show tonight. She is um, she is one of a kind, very very special, unique lady doing uh, incredible work. I really really wish nothing but Elevate Pro 
the best of the best of success. I think that she has a a firm finger on the pulse of what's going on, and uh, uh, you know she hit on a couple of really really strong points. There is wrestling in this state and wrestling in other states that talk a lot about diversity. We'll agree with you on social media. We'll like all the posts. We'll share them and all that. And then when you come down to that promotions card and you just don't see the diversity that they were so eagerly pushing, but I've got a feeling that she is going to push and I really look forward to it. Really look forward to it. What did you think? I would would just like to say, first off, that um, Effie has a spiked studded pink jacket that I would absolutely die for <laughs> um, and right. that I absolutely love and uh-huh. love him. He is like, I know that if I lived closer to him, he and I would be best buds. I know that. <laughs> you, 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 um, you know it for a fact? I know it for a fact. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I just am happy that there is a woman in <clears throat> this position that she's in yeah who is saying okay you know i mm. want my voice heard and here's what i bring and here's my truth and here's what i want to do and i'm going to go for it i'm going to uh buy into this so that i can have a voice and i think mm-hmm. sometimes we as women don't do that proactively. I think sometimes we're like, well, we've been done this way so long, so why don't you just give us a chance? And I think Brittany's like, well, I'm going to just make my chance. I'm not waiting for anybody to give me anything. I'm going to make it my own. And I, my hat's off to her, you know, for doing that. And especially in the state that, you know, that she's in and some of the areas that she's in, because I understand mm-hmm. that some of those things that you do, like for example, if you guys have never seen the, the exotic Adrian street mm-hmm. um, documentary on the WWE, I, I, I implore you to watch that because he talks about that. And I remember watching him. In, mm-hmm. in Jim Crockett's promotions when I was a kid, and I thought he was wonderful. I thought, right. I was like, oh my God. But I, you know, looking back, and, and you know, the Carolinas just, they were not ready. The Mid Atlantic yeah. region was not for him, even though he could wrestle just about right. everybody, uh, circles around everybody. And, and you know, if, if if there was no exotic Adrian Street, there would be no Dalton Castle. There would be no Velveteen Dream. Um, right. There would be no, you know, be no Effie, you know. Right. Um, but how edgy saying, he was. You, you think about how edgy that character was then, you know, and, and we're trying to, to talk well, about today and just right. in certain pockets where, you know, where we've talked about, you know, where, where it's still real to me, damn it. You know, it was still real mm-hmm. to me. It was still real to all of us, damn it, then. You know, so right. you can just imagine what he went through. I, you know, I had mentioned this to John. There is a segment in that documentary. It shows Miss Linda on all fours, and he walks up on her back like Dalton Castle does the boys. Hmm. And I'm like, damn it, he stole that 
from exotic Adrian Street. <laughs> <laughs> right. He, I just loved him. I mean, even I was a kid and I didn't care. You know, I, I didn't think, you know, I didn't think, gosh, that's really, really strange. Or maybe I did, but I just didn't care. Didn't think about I it. Like, and... I didn't because he was like, he was a great wrestler and he had this, you know, lady with him. And, you know, she doesn't get enough credit because she paved the way for people like Sunshine and Baby Doll. And because there was nobody, nobody had a girl with them at that time besides uh-huh. maybe. Miss Br- maybe Rip Rogers had Brenda Britton with him at that time. I'm not sure. This was like really early, you know, 80s. And the, right. and the feud that that, that uh, Adrian Street had with the Macho Man. I don't. Lots of people don't know about that either. But getting round back to what we were talking about, it's it's like that. And I think um, we as a country are, you know, becoming more inclusive, more diverse. And I think wrestling has got to start at some point if they're wanting to keep an audience they're going to have to start um having people who look like and represent people that are in their audience to keep people coming back well you know and the other thought that came to mind was is that you know i think a lot of time because you said you know you didn't think about it or think about the character is that he was so flamboyant so over the top the people just dismissed it because he was so flamboyant oh that's just adrian Street, you know that's just you know right. you know that that's that's him you know or uh yeah. you know even uh even even the model rick martell teasing it coming out with the perfume bottle of arrogance you know and there spraying it around and you know all that oh yeah oh that's you know that that's rick you know that's rick martell you know or, or whatever and uh yeah, so I can see it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree well, with you. I'm gonna have to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, adorable Adrian Adonis. You know, uh, I have to. I'm gonna have to go back and check that out. Um, so we were given a homework assignment to try to jot down ten, supposed to be ten, of our favorite favorite guests that we've had on and. You've heard us mention a couple people like Effie. Effie's been a guest on this show. And you can go back into the archives either on Blog Talk Radio or on FNX.network, uh, on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all that other great stuff. Effie has been on this program. You can go back and hear these people. But to jot down uh, some of our, our supposed top 10 favorite guests, and it's really hard. You know, as I sat and went through it, you know, six years of guests and we'll give a bunch of stuff next week about guests and numbers and all that. But man, there's a lot to pour through. There's a lot to unpack. And I feel, I don't know. I feel like I'm going to slight somebody or feel jaded or I'm going to go back and say, damn it. No, I I meant to put this person down, but because your list is lengthy, I would like for you to go first. Ladies, ladies first. Okay. Um, Some of these, you know, I went, I went back through and I looked at all of our episodes, every one of them. And some of these are going to be kind of in order, but um, let me let me start out with Cedric Alexander. Okay. Um, I we he was our second guest. We also had him on, uh, not with his wife, but on the same show. They were not you know on the phone together, and that was a great one where we talked about he stole my phone. 
Right. I remember um, that. So, gosh, I miss Cedric Alexander. <clears throat> uh, I tell you, um, Luke Hawk mm-hmm. looks good people, and I yes. always, you know, hadn't seen him at WrestleCade for a couple of years, and did not get to see him much this past WrestleCade. But it was good seeing Luke Hawk. Uh, I, I didn't, I didn't know a thing about him when we first had him on, but he was, um, he's he's a good one. Um, I, I put these two together because you ought, because they are kind of a unit. Uh, Zane Riley and Caleb Conley have uh, always been good, good to the show, good to me, mm-hmm. and I appreciate it. Uh, mm-hmm. Caleb has, you know, uh, the BFF thing got started by Brian Kanabrowski, and it just kind of took on a life of its own. And I do appreciate you running with that <laughs> and, and allowing me. You know, I've had people. Ask me literally. Is he your BFF? Will you go ask him? He'll tell you. That's my answer to them. You go ask him to tell you. So, the five dollar guys. I mean, we've had such a wonderful time with them, and and uh, Big Donnie's my WrestleCade buddy, and uh, I wouldn't trade my friendship with them for anything at all. I feel like, you know, my life has been better knowing freight train, you know, and being around freight train and having one of the best stories ever in wrestling of when Moose interacted with freight train. Uh, I'm not going to tell the story right now, but it is, you know, if you, if you know, you know, um, the Tommy Thomas should probably get a, some kind of producer credit or something on this show because he's been on this show. I don't know. 15 times. <laughs> speaking of, speaking of producing credit, let me time you out. I see our co-executive producer, George Coles has called into the show. I don't know if he has some kind of breaking news or it was he, uh, oh, sure. let me, on. let me go on and bring him on because you know, he'll be on next week for sure. But we haven't heard from George in months. I thought he was, had expired. Mr. Coles, how are you, sir? I'm doing good, bye-bye. Well, I wanted to come on because you, you gave me the homework experiment, too. So I oh, made my list. So I, okay, all so right. I was going to try to find one. It was It was a broad stroke. Okay, no, that's fair. That's fair. All right. Okay, so, c- so carry on. Uh, um, I do, and since George has come on, I would like to mention the time that myself, Tommy Thomas, the Tommy Thomas and George Cole broke blog talk by talking for three hours. Um, Cliff, um, I, I think we had a really good time with Cliff. And, you know, at WrestleCade that year, he came up to me and said, you know, I don't do podcasts, but I'll do yours. So, right. and I think. He did it twice. I, he we did. Cliff he did Right, he'd already done it once, and, and he wasn't yeah. doing any more podcasts, so he came on and did 59 episode with us, and I think he did that because I was with Big Donnie. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Manning, and I can't say enough good things about Jake Manning because I think he's one of the best wrestlers uh, out there. He has one of the best gimmicks. Uh, I just think, for whatever reason, he's not been signed. Um Adam Page, and that's what I wanted to I wanted to congratulate Adam Page for his first wrestling figure. Um, you know, a, a guy that I watched at PWX tear it up, and now he's on a national 
uh, stage, and he he deserves every bit of it. Uh, Joey Ryan. Mm. Uh, we had a great time with Joey Ryan, and he came on. I think George had said, you know, he's star, and he came on our show. He was a very humble. He was very humble, and he didn't yes. have to do our show, but he did. Um, the Jim Nasty Boys, I think, are getting ready to be catapulted into the stratosphere. I really do. I think they're going to be they're going to be on TV in the next two years. I'll go ahead and I'll mm. put that out there. Uh, okay. Matt Hardy, who at the time he was on this show, I did not like Matt Hardy. But the broken gimmick really won me over. And one of the best experiences I've ever had with a wrestler was talking to Matt Hardy, that wrestlecade, after the broken gimmick had been debuted and he'd been doing it for a while. And I I just want to tell you I love that gimmick, and I think it's one of the best things I've ever seen in wrestling. And that man gave me a hug. He hugged me. um, Right. George South. I think we've yes. had a ball with George South, and I love George South. Fight anybody who doesn't. Um, Savannah Evans, you know, uh, right, uh, Savannah and I started out by going to PWX together, sitting together, and grindhouse shows, and, and now she's, you know, I think, I think she'll be on TV in two years too. Uh, Maxwell Chicago, we had hmm. such a great time. Him, um, yes. I felt you know he's not wrestling anymore, but I really think wrestling needs more people like Max Chicago. He was very yes. Bill Astor, mm. you know um, that right there was a great. And you know I love Bill Astor. I haven't seen him in a while. I'm hoping maybe he can get to the gathering or WrestleCade so we can catch back up. But love me some Bill Astor and Steve Carino. It's another one who's a star who did not have to do our show, who did. Um, great times with Steve Carino. Sue Young, I think she was on your list, too. Um, I can't say enough good things about Sue Young. Anthony Bowen. Um, hmm. I think you and I, um, being the people that we are, have really had a very diverse guest list, and it's because... Um, we are very inclusive in the people that we know and love. And yes. I think I'm very proud of one that we've given people of, of all kinds of walks of life. Um, that's the one thing I think I take from this is that we've given people who might not have had a, a platform or a stage, you know, their chance to tell their story and their truth. Uh, and they may not have had it otherwise. Um, Myla Rose had mm-hmm. no idea she was transgender when we had her on. Did you? No, had we no didn't clue. Talk about we, we did didn't not. Talk. We no, talked we about didn't. Her being but that's mm-hmm. it. Yes, um, it's because I don't think it was known. I, I I thought about that, and I don't. I think that only a handful of people knew. knew and it was time. not public knowledge. Yes, and it was not public knowledge. Well, you know, if it had been, we'd have talked about it just like we talk about everything else with respect, you know? Absolutely. Um, here's some of my favorite people in the whole world, the power. I love me some Montana Black and some Ian Maxwell and 
even Bobby Valentine, who's given my BFF a hard time on uh, uh, Facebook and Big Time Yaw. I, mm-hmm. I love those. Um, the Carnies. Mm-hmm. Although they were not, I don't think they were the Carnies the first time when we had them on, right? They were still Team IOU. Correct. Yeah, but still. Anyway, Robert Holt uh, mm. was a great guest. He, he, you know, is a great photographer. I know he's kind of stepped back a little bit for some family issues right now, but Robert's a great guy, and he has a wonderful eye for catching uh, some great stuff. Ricky Reyes. And the yes. reason I have to I have to name him is that he ruined my job. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Chip Day. Mm-hmm. Chip Ethan Day. You know, I still think the matches he had with Joe Black and PWX are some of the best wrestling matches I've ever seen. Just saying. Uh, Michelle Wilson, I think, is probably one of the best guests we've ever had on this show. And. I have a whole lot of respect for that lady. And absolutely, if more people in this world carried themselves the way Michelle Wilkins did, the world would be a better place. Um, Dr. David Schultz. I mean, Ooh, yeah. yeah, he was, um, I was so glad we had him on. Cause he, you know, if, if you don't know who he is or really familiar you need to Google him because in the whole world of wrestling, he is this kind of bookmark where lines blurred even oh. before we all knew, you know, we were all let, let in on it, you know. Um, the progressive liberal Daniel Richards, and my hat goes off to this man because he goes into some of the reddest places in this country. <laughs> And where's Hillary Clinton on his type? God bless you, man. I'm telling you, God bless you. Um, Rip Rogers, I think, gave one a, a great interview, one of the best interviews. And I didn't expect him to open up about Randy Savage the way he did because I that was not my the intent of my question because I have no idea he was that close to Randy Savage. I had only seen a couple of things about Randy Savage. And he really opened up about his real friendship with Randy. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Number 30 is Victor Andrews. Um, <laughs> I think we had a wonderful, wonderful interview with him, a very insightful interview with him. Yes. Um, now here are five honorable mentions. Okay. Okay. Um, Stu Stone. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, oh, yeah. I, you know, uh, Rudy, <laughs> Rudy. I think of that Bill Cosby shtick every time you say his name. Oh, my God, that I, was hilarious. You know, the thing I regret, I only have one regret, and that is yeah. I did not sing the Al cartoon theme song again. <laughs> because I love by heart, and I wish to God I'd have sang it to him, but anyway. Um, wow. I, I have to call him by this name because for the life of me, I cannot remember what his WWE 
when Rockstar Spud did the run in when we interviewed Renee Michelle. Hey, hey okay. now, hey now, is someone putting me over? <laughs> um, I can think yes. of his name in WWE right now. Um, Drake, what is his name? Drake, Drake Maverick is what he Drake, goes Drake by Maverick. in okay. WWE. Um, he was Rockstar Spud. Um, yes. Richie Steamboat. Yeah. And I have to, we have to thank George South for that because that was all George South doing. Mm-hmm. He contacted me. Hey, can you get Richie Steamboat on the show? Heck yeah, I can get Richie Steamboat on the show. Are you kidding me? Um, the Texas wrestling we just did, yeah. uh, I think some damn good work. And uh, maybe. Uh, that was along with our, our last guest, which we've not announced yet. It's probably the culmination of what you and I have done for the last six years. I, I think that's a fair statement. I think that's fair. And I want to remind all of our live listeners that our stream is going to end in about 10 minutes, but you can listen to this episode in its entirety on www.fnx.network and I, all the other podcast I, platforms. I promise I'm going to shut up. Hold on. Well, we got long-winded George Poles. He's going to give us a a master (laughs) thesis here and coming up. One more, and that is Jay-Z Flair. Uh, We had such a great time with Jay-Z, and um, just just a wonderful time with him. And and if you guys have not met Jay-Z Flair, if you see him at a show, go up and talk to him. He's one of the most genuine, uh, fun people I've ever met and Polly, he was great too. You know, I yeah. can't I can't we can't forget him, but that is my list. Very, very cool. Mr. Coles, uh I know you have a few people that, that you you <laughs> wanted to uh to run past, so uh go have at it, Mr. Coles. Well it's it's gonna be hard not to have some duplicates since Laura named every person that's ever been on the show. Very funny, George. Very funny. <laughs> but yeah, I, I have quite a few, quite a few of the same people. Um, like Laura, I didn't get all the way down to ten. I got to twelve, and I delete anybody off of my twelve. So I went just a little bit over. Uh, for and and two of them are groups, so it's even more than that. If you're gonna, if we're gonna be honest with everybody, uh, the, the Burke County boys. Some of my absolute favorite people in the world, Terry, Donnie, I love them both. Um, little Donnie. Well, the whole $5 crew, if we're going to be honest, I love all them guys. They're all great human beings, and I'm glad to say that we've made some friendships with them as well as just being guests. Uh, the Gymnasty Boys, uh, to me, the funniest guests that we've had on, and it's no knock on anybody else. They're just that talented. It's it's amazing to me, like Laura said, there it's only a time it's only a matter of time before they're on a, a nationwide television show because and I'm I'm amazed that it hasn't happened yet, especially knowing how some some executive vice presidents think of both of them. So that's amazing. <laughs> My favorite unsigned female wrestler, and by unsigned I mean unsigned to a major, and that's Miss Savannah Evans. Uh, not only is she a friend again, but she is also humble. We've followed her career from the very beginning, from her being a fan 
sitting next to another loudmouth from Cries, Virginia, to <laughs> where she is now. And I think I honestly You're, think you she's know, one of the top. Virginia is not too far from Florida, and I can just drive down there and whoop your ass. <laughs> I'm just taking on you. You know I love you. And I think I honestly think that Savannah is one of the top female wrestlers in all of the world. Bar none, signed, unsigned. She has an it factor that is hard to come by. Um, one of my one of my personal favorites that I was able to get involved on and um, cover for was uh, Jamie Senegal. I thought we mm-hmm. had a very interesting interview with him. I I loved his outlook on life, much like we said with Effie. Uh, very very similar in gimmick, very similar in lifestyle. Uh, but different as well and, and unique enough that you could put them both on a card and have two guys that are totally different but similar. But I, I loved him. Um, some of these, some of the next few guys are just people that I've always admired. Uh, Sick Nick Mondo. I thought that was amazing. I, I love Nick Mondo. If we go through all of the CZW guys, he's probably – him and Trent Acid are my two favorites, and and Trent Acid I was a personal friend with, so there's obvious reasons for that. But Nick was Nick was a guy in CZW, and I, I thought it was amazing we got him. Uh, Mr. Steve Carino, you guys both know how much I love Steve Carino and how much he's absolutely one of my favorite wrestlers in the world. Um, Dr. D, David Schultz, the, the reason – and I, I mentioned this on the uh, the podcast with him, and I I was way too nervous to talk more than I even did, and I probably talked more than I should have. Um, David Schultz and Roddy Piper are the guys that got me into wrestling. They're the guys, not Hulk Hogan, not you know Bruno, not Backlund, but when I turned on and seen them on TV, they were the reason why I needed to turn in the next week to see what they would do next. And it was amazing to actually get to thank him for that and be a part of that. And his his interview was really awesome. I mean, he's the word legend gets thrown around way too much, but he's a legend in the wrestling business. Uh, another another deathmatch legend, uh, Madman Pondo. I think the yeah, way he opened the way he opened up to us or to you guys specifically, and the way. He just poured his soul out. Wasn't something I expected, and in yeah. a good way. He, exactly. I didn't, you know, you expect a guy like Man Man Pondo, and you see him, and like for twenty years, I've watched him on the head with stop signs, and to see how <laughs> the real person works inside of that was an amazing. I thought it was one of the most amazing interviews that have been done on the show. Tommy Thomas, for every reason that Laura mentioned, the fact that he's on pretty much more than all of us are on. <laughs> um, I love Tommy. We could always tap him. No matter how many times he insults all three of us, we somehow always manage to find a way to still love the guy, and I always do. And the funniest thing, I, I had to give it to him. Um, the first interview we did, me and Laura with him, um, where he said to me, you're so fat, I could hear your fat coming through the phone. I was just like, okay, we're going there. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I was like, Tommy. Uh, you know, it's Tommy. 
he's being himself. He's being outrageous. We, but we love him. We wouldn't want him any other way. And he's going to be the guy that brings managers back to professional wrestling. Absolutely. Uh, one Absolutely. of my one of my personal personal favorites, uh, Leva Bates. I thought she was awesome. I think. What do we have her on twice, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Leva Bates, I absolutely loved. I wish that they were doing more with her in AEW right now. Um, the little bit that she's getting, I think she's absolutely making the best out of. But I, I know that she could be so much more than what she is. A guy, a guy that I had never heard of until the week of the show, or you know, when I was told he was going to be on the show, and him being on the show made me a fan. Joe Black. I absolutely yeah. love everything that Joe Black does. I think he's an amazing talent. I think Joe Black needs eyes on him kind of like a Darby Allen does. He's so different than everybody else in a way. Not the same as Darby Allen, but he's a character that no one else is like in wrestling. And I think more people need to see him and more people need to respect just how great he is. And last but not least, how can we do this list without every one of our favorite guests? And that's Mr. Wrestling, Mr. Number One, George South. I mean, what do you <laughs> say about the guy? He's the he's the absolute best interview we have. He's the he's been on the show multiple times. Hell, he came on the show with no format and probably made one of the two or three best shows we've ever had. Right. <laughs> and that's that's my opinion and my reasoning for them. And I, I know a lot of them, Laura covered most of them. I know some of them you've covered is you're going to cover here in a moment, Bob, but that's, that's as far as I can narrow it down. And if I really wanted to say there's probably 50 more the, uh, the surprise show we did with DDP, that was amazing. Um, you know, there's so, so much over the six years. It's such a touchstone guys like JD Drake, when no one knew who J.D. Drake was, and now you're beginning to see who he was. Adam Page, when no one knew who he was. Um, Cedric Alexander, where only a pocket in the Carolinas knew who he was. Guys like Caleb Conley and Chip Day, who no one on a big stage still knows who they are, but should have known since we started the show, because they've been goddamn two of the best wrestlers in the world since then, and will be till they retire. And we're going to plant the flag in that mountain. Because they're both amazing wrestlers, and someone needs to take a goddamn note and put these guys somewhere where they can make tons of money. Damn it, George is cold. He's fired up. Damn it. I mean, it's we said this six years ago about both of them. How are either of them? They're both faces of a company. You can put both of them as your as your top guy, and they're going to make you. They're going to make you money. It's you look at them, and they make you money. Yeah. There's there's a reason why Laura has 57 posters in her room with Caleb Conley. I have 58, thank you. Ah, <laughs> uh, finally after after six years, emotion just pouring out of Mr. Coles, just pouring out of him like a sieve. Love it. Uh, well, you know, I'm on the top of that mountain, yelling down and. There's very, there's very little time left to keep yelling down and educating the unwashed masses to what the truth is. 
That is true, Mr. Cole. That's why we've been on here trying to be the voice of the voiceless for so long. Um, I'm probably not going to surprise anybody with the picks that I have. And like I said, pouring over the list of guests that have been on this show is uh, it's daunting at times. Trying to narrow down, you know, who some of your favorite episodes were or guests and, and why and all that. But in in no uncertain order, I wrote down the following. Marty the Moth, because I've been a huge Marty oh, the Moth fan since Lucha Underground and, uh, you know, uh, getting to see him wrestle in that, I believe it was a six-man uh, main event at WrestleCade. Just, Ooh, that was good. M- Marty the Moth is just, to me, is just one of those guys. Another guy is Sick Nick Mondo. After watching the trade, it gave me a better insight into who Matt Burns is as the person and where Matt began and the Nick Mondo character ended. And I think that if people watch it with an open mind, they'll kind of get what I'm talking about. He was, uh, he was one of my favorite guests. The other one, George already mentioned Madman Pondo for all the unobvious reasons. Uh, we know about, you know, the violence and we talked about uh, one of the, his more famous matches, the, the uh, spider web, the barbed wire spider web match. And, um, and then to hear him elaborate more just on life and the things that have occurred in his life um, really, really kind of, really kind of made me look at him differently. Uh, Lefisto is another one that I, that I would pick because oh, yes. know, we it. talked about, we've been talking about, we've been on the front row seat of history in intergender wrestling and Lefisto was the person making history in intergender wrestling in Canada, fighting for changes in laws uh, and doing all that, doing incredible stuff throughout her years and throughout her career. And she is one of those talents again, that for some reason has not been signed by a major company throughout her entire career. And we talked about that and the disappointment that that can bring. Uh, on the flip side of that, a young lady that right now is riding on top of the world is Tessa Blanchard. We had Tessa Blanchard on in her rookie year and have followed her career all the way through her winning the Impact World Championship. So talk about having a front row seat to watching someone go from, in in her own words, you know, the first match that she had, which was absolutely terrible, to where she's at today. Uh speaks volumes about what we've been able to witness doing this show. Uh, Laura mentioned her name. Michelle Wilkins was the bar that we measured all other guests on this program, not just female, but male as well. And I know Michelle has kind of dialed back in wrestling over the last year. She's furthered her career and she talked about it on the show in nursing. Uh, But she, to me was the standard bearer of what we could expect from a professional wrestler and that has always stuck with me another young lady who we've got to watch uh change through gimmicks and and work the independence and make history by becoming the first full-time female referee in the modern era for the wwe jessica carr you may remember her as jesse k and several other incarnations but we always had a good time with jessica she was always 100 percent honest with us and uh, always, always enjoyed having her on the show. And of course, my close personal friend, Matt Hardy, uh, just 
was thrilled when Matt agreed to come on and just talk a little bit. And we, we got to talk about a little bit of everything, you know, everything from the various gimmicks to his work in ring of honor to impact. And, you know, ultimately what is a no brainer when he decides that the time has come to stop wrestling, you know, an induction into the WWE hall of fame. So it was great to have Matt on the show. Another guy that really was a, a no brainer, to have on the program if we could get him with Steve Carino and we did. And Steve has a storied history by far to me was the face of ECW aside from Tommy dreamer. Um, and being able to come full circle with him, having met him all those years ago in the back alley behind of the Newport music hall, where I got to see my one and only ECW live event and getting a picture taken with him to later on many years later getting to see him again and then having him on this show was was tremendous and last but not least sue young i can't thank sue enough for coming on this program twice the the first interview was kind of strange kind of strange and uh didn't really know really know what to make of it and then after we got to meet sue in person and she agreed to come back on the show we had a much different conversation and she is just one of those special people that if she allows you in, you'll understand what I mean when I say that she is special. You know, that's, that's the cool thing. There are a ton of people that, uh, that come across my mind and um, I don't know, I sit back and I, I just think about it sometimes and it's absolutely flabbergasting to me, the number of people that have been on the show and, uh, the interviews that we've and done and the work, now. yeah, and and the work that's been put in and 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 what we've been able to accomplish, and uh, very very proud of that. And we'll talk about that much more next week because next week will be our 300th and final episode of this program, and it's been a long strange tra- long strange trip. And we can think of no better person to help us close this program out than one of our personal favorites, one of our friends, a walking history lesson in professional wrestling. Mr. Number One, George South, will return to help us close out the chapter on this program. Looking very forward to having George on. Looking forward to uh, running over some thoughts and some things that have transpired in the time that we've been doing this. And uh, we hope that you will tune in and uh, check it out. But next week it will be farewell and goodbye with Mr. Number one, George South. Do you have anything that uh, either two of you would like to add before we call it an evening? I would like to say that I am a little emotional at thinking about you know, what you, well, what the three of us, you know, have done in six years and the people we've talked to and the people I've made friends with and that I generally call friends and who, people who know me um, because of this show. And, you know, I I think, Bob, you and I have done some good work. Um, We've introduced a lot of people to other people and um, I just hope you and I have done everything that we possibly can I think for the time being 
And I'm hoping that someone somewhere is going to step up and fill this. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn like Arne says, toot, toot. Um, But I'm hoping that someone's going to step up and fill this void. Because I really think there's a lot of there's still a lot of stories out there that need to be told and a lot of people that need to be introduced. Uh, but I think it's it's time we pass the torch on to someone else. I agree one hundred percent, Mr. Coles. I, I echo everything Laura said, and I'm I'm humbled by the fact that she she includes me and you both do because as we know, it's I'm really the the third man in the group. I'm, I'm the uh, Jimmy Garvin of this uh, oh free birds. God. While you two are the, uh, you guys are well, the. You, John's are the gonna be that, talking about that. John's gonna be talking you know, over that. Telling you, he loves well, some Jimmy Garvin. I love Jimmy too, but as a free bird, he was the he was a replacement free bird. Sorry, John. You, you know it. You know it. He's, he's great on his own. Time out. If you had the reincarnation of three birds, which is a band band, took this bed and Oh. Hey, I'm. I'm. I'm happy to be. Okay. To to make John happy, how about this? I'm the Paul Roma of this horseman. The Paul. You're the Lance Von Eric of the Von Erics. Is that what you're trying to say, George? Exactly, yeah. and I'm happy to have been included. And I'm happy to contribute it when I can, and as much or as little as I could. Sometimes it's in detriment. Sometimes to help. Uh, you guys are you guys have both been amazing friends to me uh, before the podcast, during the podcast. I'm sure well after the podcast is over, when we're all old in nursing homes, talking about you know uh, Charlotte Flair the fourth wrestling. <laughs> Uh, Wayne Johnson's great granddaughter at WrestleMania 147. Oh my God! God shit! I, were you gonna live that long? I mean, God damn! <laughs> hey, we're all going, you know. Oh, George. Tesla's working on all kinds of good stuff. Oh but, my God! But yeah, I just I echo those emotions. Uh, it's a it's a bittersweet thing. I hate I hate that we're leaving, but I do think it's time, and I do think. This is a challenge out to all you podcasters that want to highlight independent wrestling. Take take the high road. Take the road that Bob and Laura have traveled. Take the road where you treat everybody with respect and dignity. And don't use this platform to ambush somebody because you want to hit them on a hot button topic and get that sound bite that gets you 100,000 hits on YouTube. Do the work. Do it right. Be respectful. The success will come. And that's that's what the whole, I think the whole trip of Live from the Armory is that right there. It's doing the work, put in the hard work, treat people with respect, show people what they're missing, and then it'll the success will come to you. And I think we're going to talk more about it next week, and we're probably going to have to back up a, a Semi truck full of Kleenex for this one, but uh, that's about all I have to say for now. Uh, and if it were up to George, the Aces and Eights would still be a dominant faction in professional wrestling. Folks, um, we thank you for listening to this episode of Live from the Armory Wrestling Show. 
Uh, we're heard here every Wednesday night, 7 o'clock Eastern time on Blog Talk Radio, on all the podcast platforms that you'll hear in the outro of the show. Uh, until we talk to you next week, be good to one another. And remember, there's never a bad seat here at the Armory. Thanks for listening. We'll talk soon. been listening to live from the armory wrestling show the premier podcast of indie wrestling listen to us on blogtalkradio.com every wednesday night at 7 p.m eastern time subscribe to us on itunes follow us on twitter at from the armory we're also streamed worldwide on www.fnx.network and we're also available on stitcher you can find us on facebook at facebook.com backslash live.armory.9 If you like what you hear, please take a few moments to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Thank you for listening. See you next week.